everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the podcast series called uh, Heartbeat. I am your host, Eleonora. I am a radio producer in uh, Cyprus, amongst other artistic things, and I'm actually currently learning about Bitcoin, uh, so bear with me. This uh, podcast is aiming to showcase the finest examples of Bitcoiners uh, around the world and and all the wonderful projects that they're doing. So um, this brings me to my guest today, uh, Deares Kita, who is an Indonesian Bitcoin educator and podcast host as well. Um, she also works on an educational platform called uh, Gelos Bitcoin and is also the founder of the Indonesia Bitcoin conference uh, which is coming up and uh, which we're going to talk about uh, later on. First of all, I want to welcome Dea. Hello. Um, thank you for joining us today. Um, how has your day been so far? Thank you. Thank you so much, Eleonora, and happy to be in the show. Like, this is the first episode for Heartbeat, so I hope, <laughs> I hope, like, I, like, you know, become a good first episode uh, speaker <laughs> i'm sure you will i'm sure you will um you're, you're doing some really really um inspiring work in indonesia trying to educate people and you seem very passionate about it um so i just want to firstly ask you um, if you can tell us a little bit about your uh, background and also what exactly was it that got you hooked uh with bitcoin or orange pills, as I recently learned that there's a, a term like that. So, sure, sure. Um, so my background, uh, I think I'm a bit here and there, like everywhere. Um, like I studied international relation, so uh, I guess um, you know, with this background, like studying politics and and what is the current affair really um you know get my intention to to what's going on in bitcoin and like what's going on with the world uh but before that like um i'm also run my own business um like i run a retreat company in bali and uh, this leads to uh why i start my my uh, rabbit uh you know going on a rabbit hole journey mm-hmm. um so I first started knowing about Bitcoin is actually in 2013. At that time, I was uh, backpacking across Southeast Asia, and then I was in Laos um, in this like little bar somewhere in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like I guess it was it was this little um, like a touristy spot, and then uh, there's a sign there that says Bitcoin accepted here. So I was curious, like, because it was 2013, not many people know about Bitcoin at that time. So I just asked the waiters, what is this? Like, what is Bitcoin? And then the waiters just said, it's an internet money. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. (laughs) But that's, that's the only, um, information that I got, but it's kind of like, um, it's kind of lingering in my head. Okay. There's an internet money, something new. All right. But fast forward. 2016, I'm uh, living in Bali and, um, you know, like I said, I run my retreat uh, organizing company. So as a, as a company that uh, arrange a lot of tours and travel, we, like, I accept a lot of monies from abroad. 
but usually um yeah but usually it is you know like when my clients pay me uh, either they pay me through bank transfer or they pay me via paypal and yeah it's just you know the fee is just taking so much of uh uh of of my earnings right like uh the rate is really bad and it took so long it sometimes it can take 10 days for the money to come through yeah so i was looking for alternatives how to um, get paid in mm-hmm. uh you know it, it passed like uh, and and also not uh, uh getting a lot of fees cut from from my earning and then i i found out about bitcoin again and there was um there was a class that was run in in one of the co-working space in Bali and then inside of the co-working space they have a bitcoin atm so like i went there i learned from um the educator who's also now become one of my good friends um and yeah like uh that's my first time learning about bitcoin uh using the bitcoin atm putting uh like equivalent of 10 dollars you know buy my first sats or my first bitcoin and that was really interesting for me like wow okay now i have this digit in in my in my phone <laughs> what is this um but yeah uh oh, so then i i i started to use bitcoin to accept payment back then like it was really nice like uh like you can just accept payment in bitcoin so Did like i have bitcoin back then to pay in order to pay you in bitcoin well, I got two clients who who wants to pay me in Bitcoin. Of course, it was really hard to to convince them, like, hey, uh, like you know, pay me in Bitcoin. But there are like some some uh, people who who are interested. Um, I got a client from uh, Australia and from uh, sorry from Korea and also from um, America who pay me in Bitcoin at that time. So um, yeah, like it was interesting. Like the whole process took like. Let's say the moment when the when uh so we we meet each other through like this kind of zoom call and then we decided on the rate on that time like how much it is uh equivalent in Indonesian rupiah versus in bitcoin and then the person send me bitcoin my client send me bitcoin I receive it in my wallet and then I just go to uh we have an uh, an exchange like a like an over the counter exchange here in in, in Bali so I just go there like with, within five minutes and uh, I received the cash and it's it's so quick. Uh, wow. I did like a comp- comparison with other client who pay me in PayPal. It took 10 days and then this one took okay. only like, let's say an hour for the whole process, you know. So yeah. that was a game changing. Um, yeah. And then uh, but fast forward 2020 uh, happened pandemic. Uh, obviously, I cannot uh continue my business because uh you know the whole travel border was shut down so during that time i uh i spent a lot of time to just doing reading like instead of usually like i kind of busy you know organizing retreat and this time like i just want to to figure it out you know what's happening in the world and what is it with bitcoin so during that time i just um yeah whenever i find something interesting i like to tweet about it or i uh, I share some posts on Instagram and, and then like my friends or my family start asking questions about Bitcoin. So in the end, like I decided like, okay, maybe we can meet up and then like, you know, like I just tell you what I know. And then like, this is not the, 
like I'm not the expert, but uh, this is what I know so far. Right. Um, and that's like how we start Class Bitcoin and um, the community. <laughs> that's how you, yeah, that's how you started Kellas Bitcoin. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so you started small, um, around with 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 a couple of friends, uh, educating each other, kind of, and then it progressed and developed into yeah. the today. Yes, exactly. I mean, um, we we. Yeah, we did like a lot of, uh, we did like meetups, we did, um, uh, online classes. And then in the end, like, uh, there are, at that time, there's also a lot of people who did the same thing. Like they, they tried to educate their community, their friends and family. So then we decided to like, Hey, why don't we just combine like our community together and run a conference? So in 2021, we did uh, our first Indonesia Bitcoin conference. Obviously, at that time, it was online uh, because of the COVID restrictions. Uh, but we managed to gather like around a thousand people uh, to come and then learn about Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. And um, and I did podcasts, etc. at that time as well. Nice. Nice. Okay. So um, it kind of started, yeah, like we said, it started small and then it progressed into um Gala's Bitcoin and then this wonderful Indonesian uh Bitcoin conference which is also growing as well. Uh yeah. with with the speakers as well. I noticed that you have some really uh notable speakers participating. Uh can I ask what what the now that we're talking about the Indonesian Bitcoin conference, what is the target uh audience and 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 what what should the audience expect to get out of it? Yeah, so um like I mentioned before, like the uh basically in when we did the Indonesia Bitcoin conference, what we want is to one bring people together and to you know to share their knowledge and to to connect it with each other. Um we did it really good uh as at the res as a result on the twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two Indonesia Bitcoin conference, we managed to uh create like a community um of like almost uh, right now like 1500 people inside of the community that would like to you know share uh knowledge in in the telegram group uh sometimes they fight you know with different ideas but uh, it's it's a part of the fun <laughs> fun things that happen um so i'm very excited uh for this year um we finally can uh, run our first in person indonesia bitcoin conference and uh we we have jack dorsey he's he wants to come to the conference we have um some of the uh big people in southeast asia because i think when we talk about bitcoin um most of the most of the thought leader are from the US or from Europe. Uh, but in Southeast Asia, there are many, many, uh, really wonderful people who are doing really good, good things in the community and also to, uh, yeah, to promote Bitcoin adoption. So what we want as well is to bring, uh, all these people from Southeast Asia to come together and then to learn from each other. Um, so when it comes to target audience, I guess, uh, we want to, get uh mostly like indonesian for sure so then they can they can get a sense of oh, what's happening out there what's happening in 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 um 
in Bitcoin adoption in Philippines, in, in Vietnam, or even in the U.S., you know, what's what's happening. So we want Indonesian people to get that exposure. Um, and then uh, we uh, and then, of course, like, you know, people from this region as well, because, uh, yeah, like if you can imagine like Southeast Asia come combined together that it can be like the the third largest population even bigger than the u.s so um it's a big opportunity in one of your um interviews uh i think it was with uh, robert breedlove that you said that um indonesia alone has uh 17,000 uh islands Island. yeah oh, it's That's just mind blowing <laughs> And was it something about languages as well, or am I mistaken? Yeah, we have we have seventeen thousand islands. We have I think like four hundred languages. Most Indonesian people they can speak three to four languages, like at least one of uh, the the uniting language, which is Bahasa Indonesia, and then two like local languages, um, and also maybe English and other language. So uh, it's very common. In Indonesia, like if you want to gossip about other person, like you just switch to the local language. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great tool to have. <laughs> exactly. Um, I wanted to ask you, what um, do, do you find that Indonesian people are receptive about Bitcoin? Like, do they understand it easily? Do they? What's the what's the approach that you're getting? The reaction, sorry. The reaction. Okay. Well, first of all, um, uh, Indonesian people and Southeast Asian people in general, they are, they are very pragmatic. Yeah, like they, they approach things based on what's in it for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, at the moment, uh, in Indonesia, Bitcoin is considered to be as an asset, um, like a, like a digital gold. So people accumulate their wealth and then store it in Bitcoin and then um, in hope to to make it as a hedge of against inflation. Because um, back in the 1960s and 1998, Indonesia experienced quite high inflation. Um, like in 1960s, like almost 1,200% of inflation. That's why like our smallest, um, smallest, Fiat or smallest uh, coin is hundred rupiah, and that's mm-hmm. like I don't know zero point zero one cents. I guess like like yeah like one cent. Uh, so it's it's not such a big amount, but um, yeah, like the the huge inflation uh, really it it's become like our reality that one day the price is gonna go up, skyrocket high, you know, and then. During that time in 1998 and 1965, everyone always um, go to like harder harder money, like such as gold or U.S. dollar. Um, but right now they also have Bitcoin. So people, uh, especially young young in young generation, they see Bitcoin as a saving, right? Uh, so they want to accumulate as much as Bitcoin as they can. Uh, and also if they want to make money, like they, they can also sell it. Like that's still the, the, the mindset. And, um, because of this pragmatism, uh, it's a bit different, like in, in maybe 
in the U.S. where people uh, see it in the philosophical sense, like, you, you know, about how Bitcoin is actually creating a sovereignty or freedom. In Indonesia, people see it like, you know, this is how they can store their wealth. This is how they can uh, secure their wealth. And um, they will, they will, uh, that's why in Indonesia also, a lot of people are like to, to um, trading in crypto, uh, do NFT, do, um, you know, different uh, game. But the one who, who really understand, they will do this thing, but then they save their earnings in Bitcoin. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I, I do have this, um, question hearing you talk i have this question forming would you would you advise somebody to save maybe all their money in bitcoin or would would you consider uh putting their money in bitcoin as a as savings or as investment or what do you usually advise people to do uh regarding that uh because it's still i mean it's still volatile the crypto world i think right mm-hmm. yeah i mean it is volatile but it's also the same like gold always goes up and down it's just uh the market cap of gold is quite high that's why the volatility uh we don't really see it on the day-to-day basis but if you see the trend like let's say in indonesia okay so i can give you an example um in indonesia half gram of gold uh or sorry two gram of gold was one rupiah mm-hmm. now two gram of gold is equal to almost two million rupiah so so that i mean that's the volatility based on uh like how fragile um the the fiat the the, the indonesian rupiah that that currently being used by Indonesian because if you see it as well um if you see the rank like you know currency ranking Indonesia is considered to be Indonesian rupiah is considered to be like the lowest top 10 okay. currency in the world and also in Southeast Asia there is like kip uh you know uh, Laotian kip is also uh, really weak and then Vietnamese dong also really weak so this is the reality in Southeast Asia So what I always um, suggest to people is to save their money, whatever they feel comfortable, right? Like, because we are still, we are not in the Bitcoin standard yet, but so people are still using their rupiah, their dollar, their euro. Um, so you, uh, what, what I always advise is that if you have any money, uh, just save 10% in Bitcoin and accumulate that. You can, you can save this 10%, like maybe you get a salary and then you, you save 10% within, uh, in a span of, um, a month or so you divide it into, uh, you know, da- daily, like let's say you, you, you save $10 every day, you know, and, uh, this one create a habit, uh, that I think has many forgotten to save, like people always so, uh excited to get a loan and then to get credit card and and then in the end like go crazy because they cannot pay their their debt you know so uh our ancestor always teach us like hey you know save money for rainy days <laughs> so uh this is what 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 we in the community preach for 
for uh, our community, at least in Indonesia, is to, to create this habit, save in Bitcoin, because with Bitcoin, um, this is the only money that you can uh, own. Because if you save your money in the bank, it's it's the bank's money. It's not your yeah. money. Yeah. And yeah. even if you buy gold, um, then there is a problem if you want to travel, if you want to move from one place to another, like you have to also figure out like how you custody that gold. Like you have to, um, you know, having a safe, uh, having a safe, uh, and then put it somewhere safe. Um, and Indonesia and also to carry with you and utilize it. Exactly. And then we also have history where, where our government decided to confiscate all the gold, uh, also like in the U.S. So um, that's why we think like if something happened, if another crisis happened like in 1998 or in 1965, at least when the things are chaotic, you mm-hmm. still have something reliable that you can use day to day with your uh, with your peer, with your community, which is Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Where do you see Bitcoin or how do you how fast do you see it developing? Where do you see it in ten years? You know how the 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 uh, common question when you're interviewing somebody is where do you see yourself in uh, ten years? Is like where do you see Bitcoin in ten years? Or I don't know how many years. And where would you like to see it go? Actually, well, I mean, I think bit so Bitcoin was invented in two thousand nine. And then, uh, now it's 2022. So it's been, it's, it's been around for 13 years. So I see that it's here to stay and it's going to more and more is going to disrupt the, um, the way we do things financially. Uh, because we see that, that our current system, it works before, but it also has flaws. And yeah. the flows now, um, you know, hurting, hurting people, hurting the economy, hurting the, the country. And we need something better, right? So, so Bitcoin is that experiment. It's something that we, uh, something that is not controlled by, uh, an entity. It's like, it's decentralized and it's global and, it's never failed, you know, banking system, uh, they, they don't run 24 seven. They, the banking yeah. system always shut down on the weekend. I mean, like you cannot do some transaction on the weekend, but in Bitcoin, it's, uh, you know, it's 99% always, you know, uptime, like almost 100% even. And, um, yeah, so the, the, the zapping or uh, the, yeah. The money transferring is, it's so fast. It's instant. And it it can happen wherever you are in the world. It can happen instantly. I am, uh, I was, um, having a chat with George, actually, George Saulidis, uh, the founder of Lavis Bitcoin magazine. And, um, he uh, made me download, uh, uh, a wallet, wallet of Satoshi. And he zapped me. And it was, he's in Greece, I'm in Cyprus, it happened instantly and I was, I was shocked. And obviously no, um, charges as well, no fees, no nothing. Um, yeah, exactly. 
I, I have a story though. Like I was in Boracay, uh, in Philippines where, uh, right now there are hundreds, like I think maybe they reach almost like 400, 500 businesses that accepted Bitcoin. So mm. there is a, a company called Pouch where they, yeah, they start, they, they create this, uh, app where merchant can accept Bitcoin or can, they can receive, uh, Filipino peso uh, in their wallet. So, you know, for for the merchant, this is great. Like, you know, you can interact with anyone um, around the world. Uh, You know, tourists can just pay you instantly and then they receive the money. So there are a lot of businesses that accept Bitcoin. And then uh, one day, like I went to a bar with, um, uh, you know, with the pouch team. And then uh, I make a tweet. Uh, and I make a tweet and I said, Hey, uh, does anyone want to buy me a beer? <laughs> like, this is the code, uh, this is the, the right name, address. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. is like, I want to do that. <laughs> you should do it. You should do it. It's really fun. So, like, I tweet that, um, uh, yeah, like, this is the lightning address, uh, send, you know, uh, buy me a beer, right? Send so help. <laughs> yeah, so I was just there, you know, waiting. And then uh, five minutes later, someone uh, from Nigeria, wow. she sent the the shop, uh, you know, the money to buy the beer. And I get my beer. Nice. Like, can you imagine how <laughs> this thing is going to work in a traditional finance system? Like, she's from Nigeria. I'm in... Boracay, Philippine. I'm Indonesian. So if you think it like in traditional um, banking system, she needs to uh, convert her Nigerian money to US dollar, send yeah. US dollar to my Indonesian bank account, convert my Indonesian bank account to Filipino pesos, and then pay the merchant. Like this thing will not happen in in a second, right? Like oh yeah, absolutely. but. But she can buy me beer from <laughs> from Nigeria. That's such a nice concept. I, I, yeah. I really do that now. <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> um. Uh, okay. So. Okay. Obviously, the ultimate goal would be for everybody to use Bitcoin and all the countries to um, make it their legal tender, right? Um, from from the government's point of view, do you think that is that something that's visible? Do you think? I mean, because because obviously, you know, letting go of the control is <laughs> is uh, I'm assuming it would be like a scary thought for them. And but also, if we're being realistic and actually pragmatic, how do they ensure that, for example? people are going to pay taxes if if that was to happen uh, globally well how do you think that's that's actually a really good question Eleonora because um of course like you 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 will wonder like why government would want to accept bitcoin right like why why would government want to uh use bitcoin as legal tender which means that there will be less governing (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because because the fiat the fiat money is how they it's the it's the 
currency that enables them to do all this government work. Um, so what I see, um, of course, there will be push and pull um, and some countries, especially like countries like El Salvador or let's say East Timor or uh, any other countries that don't have their own currency, mm-hmm. uh, having an alternative currency that will not um, that will not affect their their politics, their economy, it will be preferable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you are using other currency, uh, like if you are a country and then you're, you're using U.S. dollar, then you are subject to whatever the policy that U.S. make. And, uh, and then you will be subject to sanction and all these things. Mm-hmm. So, so of course, like I, I can see that adoption will happen to in the countries that doesn't have, uh, their own, their own native legal tender. So they're using U.S. dollar. They're using, uh, you know, like CFA, like the, the French, uh, money. So, uh, that allows them to get more, uh, freedom, more sovereignty, if I can say. Um, and then it's just like internet, um, Bitcoin, like the way Bitcoin progress is the same, like how internet progress, like before people would just like, yeah, this is just the nerd who, who likes it. It's just for hobbyists. And then it's for scammers, right? It's for yeah, terrorists. This is, this is what I've been hearing a lot from people that are, you know, afraid because usually people are afraid if, if something new comes comes up the, the mm-hmm. first reaction is like oh i don't know i don't know how i feel about that i'm a little bit scared i'm suspicious i'm like you know there's so much um fear around some like new concepts um but here you are explaining to us that basically and, and you know what i think I've, i've noticed this as well that it's something that we've been talking about with George as well, that it actually depends on where exactly in the world you are for for you to kind of realize its uh, potential, um, because it, it does actually provide solutions to real world problems. But for example, me, Cyprus, uh the island, it's an island in the Mediterranean, it's um, in the European Union, It's not something that immediately I go, I I think about it and I go, oh, okay, this is the solution that we needed. Obviously, there's benefits for a European to use it as well, but it's not like, for example, Southeast Asia, like you said, so many different countries and borders and fees and control. And I suppose it depends where you're from. Um, exactly. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, at, up until now, we are still trying to define what is Bitcoin, right? Some people said it's a store of value. Some said this is digital cash. Some said that, um, you know, this is a way, um, you know, method of payment. Like, that, it can be anything. And it, it, it can, uh, cater to different needs, like what you said. Um, and I see it that 
right now you can see the biggest adoption is actually coming from the global south from the countries that um let's say that in africa that probably doesn't have a good financial system uh, or cross border payment like it's it's almost impossible sometimes like people you know if someone from let's say sudan wants to send money to their family in kenya like even though like they're very close to each other but it's almost impossible to do this so yeah. this this uh benefit like remittance um and then payments and then store of value this is what bitcoin can offer and um and also coming back to your last question about what's going to happen with the government what i see or what i predict is that when more and more governments have to adopt bitcoin because so many people are using bitcoin then the government be- will become more effective as a government maybe we will have smaller government and mm. the government will just doing like a service to to the um uh, to the community because uh you know like with fiat what happened is that this is the tools for them if you are not doing what according to what they want they can use force and the force can be physical and the force can also be financial but when if the government cannot control the especially the financial uh, means um like what they used to now the government uh have to uh let's say yeah service the 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 their people right and show that uh you know that they will earn their money because now the the people can choose if they want to pay tax and the tax maybe it's not tax maybe it's called subscription or maybe it's called service fee i don't know and there are some things that that of course like we need to pay the government for things that we are using together yeah of course uh, but uh it's not like you know that you you are kind of robbed if i can say that you have to pay so much money and then you don't have any control and then at at one at any time that your bank account can get shut down um so this is more like voluntarily so then uh the government will act like a company the government will act to give the best service yeah it it kind it almost feels like as if the 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 roles will be um reversed and we're going to be like okay government show us why we need to pay you you know like, exactly <laughs> what exactly are you offering us hmm you know and and then the, the quality of life actually uh, it feels like it's going to just get better because they're going to keep trying to prove themselves that you know we're worthy to be in power a and b uh we we also need to get paid so can you please pay us people <laughs> exactly like because they, they they don't have the control of force anymore and yeah i mean when you don't have that force um so you have to sh- you have to earn right you have to yeah. earn people's trust you have to earn their their respect their uh their loyalty and that can only happen through good service Yes, absolutely.
What exactly are you talking about uh, in this year's Indonesian Bitcoin conference? Is there like a theme? Is there uh, something like a message that specifically you're going to you want to uh, pass on to people or uh, are the speakers talking about different things? Um, what's happening? Yeah, um, this theme, uh, this year's theme is about learning, connecting and building um, because what I see is that most people, I can't say that most people already know what is Bitcoin. Everyone at least already hear about Bitcoin one way or the other, right? Um, so what we want to encourage in this conference is to showcase what are the things that uh, was enabled through Bitcoin, like what are the apps that was uh, that are currently available, like the Lightning app that are available or Bitcoin businesses that are available, or any other potential possibility that is already happening outside of Indonesia. So we want to showcase this opportunity to Indonesian people uh, to, yeah, to to learn and then to to uh, to observe. And I hope that uh, they can also build something that is relevant for Indonesian uh, people. So at not like in in one of the event that we are going to run a lightning hackathon uh mm-hmm. because um there are many good developer in Indonesia but i think what they are lacking is that they just don't know what is lightning and they 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 own like most people when they think about crypto they just see like oh yeah bitcoin is so boring you cannot build anything on it and then uh you know uh, most of the cool stuff happening in Ethereum because they have solidity and uh, all these things. And through this side event, like I want to showcase that, hey, you know, there are many things that you can build on top of Bitcoin in this layer two in Lightning Network. And uh, look at these amazing apps and and businesses that has built around it. And what is the you know the the potential that you can do? So uh, yeah, that's. Uh, mainly that's the theme. There are also like, you know, several topics, like we're going to talk about, uh, feature of payment. We're going to talk about lifestyle, uh, and community. We are also going to talk about investment, like low time, low time reference. Um, and then. What, what is that? Uh, Sorry. Uh, low time investment, meaning that, um, you know, uh, the concept of that you are, you are you are doing something now for for the future gratification so you are you are holding back on on things uh, like let's say high time preferences is probably getting a loan you know like you immediately you get the gratification at the moment uh but low time investment means that okay maybe you are saving you are continuously what we call dollar cost averaging which is just you know, buy a small sum of money, maybe $10 every day uh, worth of Bitcoin and accumulate that in five years. And then you will like you will create uh, getting a lot of stack of Bitcoin uh, in your pocket, right, in your wallet. So that's low time preferences. And also we're going to talk about lightning and open source development like Noster. Uh, it's a new uh, private protocol for you know like social media so this is very cool right now that um there's no way uh 
like no one can shut down your account. So uh, this is also a protocol that is being built on top of Bitcoin. Then you can also send instead of like just sending likes. Oh, I you know Eleonora make a really cool uh, not tweet like yeah like the the status or whatever like the stories. I can send you money. Like I can I, I appreciate. I appreciate your content, so I can send you Bitcoin. And this Bitcoin that you receive, your stats that you receive, if you receive, you know, uh, quite enough money, quite enough that that you can go to a coffee shop and then get a coffee, right? So oh that's, God, that's <laughs> yeah, that's like that's the, now the future, you know. Like why, why, you know, you're just earning likes, you know, you you well, when so much. But when you could earn Bitcoin instead, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, totally, I would get Bitcoin over like any day. <laughs> exactly. And you spend so much, you spend time, you spend energy and and love and passion towards like the content that you create. Why don't you, um, you know, if people like it, like they can, they can immediately give it to you rather than through a third party, through like let's say YouTube, and then YouTube goes get it from ads and then ads gonna give you some money. That's like I'm as a listener can give you money. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool concept. Okay. Um interesting. So what um what have you faced any challenges? Cause cause you're such a positive person. You you seem like such a so happy to be to be working for Bitcoin and you have all this energy to educate people. But I'm sure it wasn't an easy road to get to where you are today. And I'm sure there's so much more that you will do in the future. But um, what what were the challenges that you faced, basically? Um, I guess the challenges, what I see, like, in Indonesia, um, is that, like, there are not many Bitcoin-only companies, right? Like, if you want to be... A very focused and very, you know, holding this integrity. Um, ideally, you want to work with like Bitcoin company, but uh, at the moment in in Indonesia, there is, I guess there there is some Bitcoin, uh, you know, uh, like apps and products, but they're a very small scale. So, so that can be a challenge, you know, if you want to be a content creator and you want to, you know, share, you have to. Do this because you like it. You like to do it, you know. Instead of uh, maybe other influencer, they can get paid by uh, promoting a token, and then they will get a lot of money, you know. But if you want to be in in integrity, then you shouldn't do that, you know. Like you shouldn't, um, you know, selling token uh, that you don't know that it will be benefited for for the you know for the people or for the, for your community. Um, so that's, that's one challenge. And obviously, like sometimes with Bitcoin, uh, we have a cycle. So now we are in a bear market. So always trying to make people excited during bear market is quite, it's, it's harder than when during the bull market when everything is exciting and the price go up and everyone always see it from the price. Um, so, so like we always, want to educate people and then showcase like hey this is the technology this is what exciting this is what's happening in the world right now so um yeah just just to engage people and i guess the third challenge is that because 
uh, inside of the community, there are so many different type of people, you know, like some of people are very maxi, like only Bitcoin. And then there are some people who are, you know, pragmatic and then they fight and then you have to like, <laughs> guys, guys, it's okay. Like everyone can say what they want to say. Uh, but uh, that's just the daily, daily routine. You know, you just, uh, you just share your knowledge, chat with people having some little fight and then make up and then do do it again next yeah. <laughs> next day it's a yeah it's a cycle um okay so have you do you feel all this time that you've been uh you know uh learning about bitcoin and educating people about bitcoin do you feel like you've changed at all as a person, like your ideology, your philosophy, the, your perspective on life, has it changed at all? Has, and if so, how How so, basically? That's a very good question. <laughs> you yeah. asked a good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I have to say, though, um, even though I start... I bought my first Bitcoin in 2016. I didn't really, really get it until 2020. Oh, um, I was going to ask about that too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> still like trying to, you know, learn about everything. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. Like most people also having this, this phase, you know, some people, um, they bought early. They probably dabble in different type of shitcoin or altcoins, and then, and then they just get a wake up call. And for for me, my my wake up call was in 2020. Uh, I was, I think I was I was uh, just like watching some YouTube, and I saw Max Geiser, and then he was talking about the current economy, and then suddenly it just clicked. Like, whoa wait a minute, like the whole, I mean, I guess 2020 was a wake up call for everyone, like to see oh, yeah. like, whoa, you know, what's, what's happening in the world. And, and I was trying to find why, why this thing happened? Like, what is our solution? What, what can we do? And then, yeah, through, I don't know what, what, what was it? I, I can't remember, but it was just a click to me and everything's just shifted, you know? And, um, since then, so if you ask me, like, what is the difference between before that point and then after that point? I guess before that point, I see the world very pessimistically. Like, I see, like, oh, man, we are doomed. Like, um, <laughs> we like this thing is going to happen. The world is, is going to get worse and worse. We're just going to go to war. Uh, and all I can see is just the, the, the bad, <laughs> the dark side, you know? Um, I'm still seeing the dark side at the moment, but I also see like, but we have Bitcoin. So if this thing happens, uh, well, it's, it can happen, but we have an alternative here that if something really bad happened, we, we can have, um, we can have a way out. And I see that in my, uh, you know, uh, at least in when the war between Ukraine and Russia started in here in in Bali we have so many Russian and Ukrainian people also living here so when the war started and then especially for the Russian and then the the sanction happened they don't get their uh, they cannot access their credit card they cannot access their bank account 
I mean, this is just regular people who who happen to be in Bali and suddenly become homeless because they cannot afford to pay their, uh, you know, accommodation and all. And the people who have Bitcoin, like they are still fine. They they are. It's it's like okay, a bad thing happened. You know, it's really bad, but I still can survive. You know, so yeah. so I was like, whoa, you know, this is another um proof that that even the at the worst case scenario people can still protect themselves and then you know go somewhere uh i know a guy who was in ukraine and then before everything shut down he immediately uh i mean he has a lot of bitcoin so he immediately buy you know their plane ticket and then go to indonesia and then because he have all of his money uh in here you know through his yeah. um seed phrase so he just you know uh open up a wallet and then you know sell some bitcoin and then get some money and then you know start again and then chilling in Indonesia while the war is happening <laughs> so this is crazy so that's what i see like my 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 world view is changed and I guess that's why I maybe I feel a bit op- optimistic is because like I feel like it's okay. Things bad things are gonna happen, but we also uh have a new things that that wasn't here before. Yeah, that's true. It's a it's a ray it feels like a ray of sunlight. Sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well um at this point right now in our interview I think uh, it's such a nice uh, little note that we because we're coming to an end um, uh, it's such a nice um, point I think to finish with a bit of a positivity because um, you know things are happening a lot of things are happening around the world that are not they're not very nice so um, it's good to know that you know um we we have bitcoin and and if we if we do educate ourselves more about it because it, it's it's important to obviously make informed decisions you know be not because you know we are two nice people talking about it right now you know you you need to really know what you're getting yourself into because there's yeah, pros yeah. and cons in, in bitcoin exactly. as well like for example one con that i can think about right now is that there's no, for example, customer service. If something yeah. if something goes bad, or for example, if you forget your um, code, your um, pa- password, I suppose. Or, I'm not sure. I mean, that's it. But but at the same time, it's also a pro, a, a pro and a con, um, because um, you know you hold the power basically. Nobody else. Um, But you hold the whole power and with great power comes great responsibility. Responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Uh, But also like regarding like this customer service and then um, if you forgot like what happened like this, sometimes like having your own self-responsibility is really scary. But uh, like I said, like people in the Bitcoin community continue improving things so then um, they can create something to improve the experience, but also does not uh, what is it? Compensate the privacy, the decentralized, and um, and good things about Bitcoin. So, for instance, 
right now. Sorry, like if if I just give like another uh, example, mm-hmm. like uh, in in Bitcoin, uh, yeah, there's a new protocol called Fedimin. So then uh, through Fedimin, you can uh, instead of us be your own bank, you can be your community bank. So let's say you and your family member can create a a communal like a community of uh of bitcoin so in one pool and if you forgot your keys you there will be someone within that community maybe someone that you trust maybe it's your uncle who knows right. uh who knows bitcoin are very tax savvy and this person can help you to restore your bitcoin but he will never know how much bitcoin you own he can just help you through like there will be still transpa- uh, privacy and then um and but but it's much better than just a com- customer service because most of customer service is a stranger um yeah, and but if it's not even that helpful <laughs> sometimes not even that helpful but if it's it if it's it's your own community it's your own family they can verify you easily oh yeah that's eleonora and yeah. uh eleonora needs help we can help her to to restore the key. We can help her to do this thing, uh, but they don't really need to know how much Bitcoin you own. Cool, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, so, so they can uh, definitely give me access, basically, to my own money without them actually knowing my private information, which is how much I'm. They yeah. can just help me. They can just give me. The key, I they, they they can help you to restore it because that. It's more like a technical thing, but you will have some information. They will have some information, but they they can act as your customer service that you need without needing to pay that big amount of money for like the third party custodian, etc. So this is something that is developing in Bitcoin. So uh, because we know that uh, you know custody your own Bitcoin can be daunting for a lot of people. Uh, if they don't have the technical skills required, right? In the end, people should um, custody their Bitcoin, but in between, there's there's pediment. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're hearing my cat. He's very like interested in this conversation. So I'm very sorry. You can hear him um, meowing. Um, uh, but okay. Yeah, there's, I mean, you know, there's, uh, the future is only, it, it's, uh, it, it seems bright, and the, the Bitcoin, as it seems, like, for example, I didn't know about this development, so it's very, it, it's good to know that there's being, you know, things done, I suppose, to better the experience uh, of the people and make it more um, accessible and less scary, I suppose, I suppose. Yeah. Less, less, less daunting, I think. Less daunting, yeah. Yeah, is the right way to say it. Okay, well, uh, Dea, thank you so, so much for, uh, I, I honestly couldn't ask for a better first guest on our podcast, Harpy. Um, I really hope, you know, you have a great rest of your day and, uh, keep up the good work. You're, you're very inspiring, honestly. Thank so. you, thank you, Eleonora. And uh, really happy to be here and good luck for the rest of series of podcasts. And I'm sure there will be much, much more interesting people to, you know, to come as their guests. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a, have a lovely day. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.